Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm your host, morning, and of course, as usual, Aiden. Good guys, Arsenal take on Wolves first, take on 20th, you know, but not never a happy hunting ground for us. Yeah, and Arsenal going to the match, unchanged from the team that played at the bridge. Um, and the game kicks off, Arsenal already started the sort of frenetic pace with, you know, aggression and, and like, quick tempo. Um, then third one of the camera pans, once like there's a break in play, the camera pans the granite jackals, you know, on his haunches. And I might, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I was quite worried because, I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, could it be something with a knee, ankle, hamstring? But yeah. I mean, especially the way he was sitting, I knew something now, you know, wasn't up. And I mean, the medical staff came on. And I mean, what was your first thought when you saw him now? No, no, no. I thought he's a World Cup over. He damaged <laughs> something in his knee. Our season could be in jeopardy because, I mean, you know, did he injure himself for the remaining of the season? So it was all those things going through my head. And, uh-huh. then, and then when, 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 obviously, you know, you see him still walking off, you think, okay, maybe it's something else. Yeah, and I mean, look, he manages then to come on, and I mean, the game, you know, commences again. Then sixth minute, Martinelli cuts inside, whoops in across and goes beyond Tote. And Jesus, you know, he manages to collect the ball, and I mean, with a fantastic finish, buried it in the Wolves' net, but adjusted to be offside. I was pissed off because I thought he had a Jesus need to go, mm-hmm. and I thought it was going to be from that because he desperately needs something. Yeah. They have seven minutes, a big chance for Wolves. Arsenal get the offside track totally wrong. And, uh, you know, I think it was Guedes. I think he he ends up racing through, forcing Ramsdale into a fine save. Then, 16th minute, almost like the inevitable happens. Uh, Xhaka gets subbed off. Vieira comes on. And, I mean, I think a few minutes later as well, the commentator then actually finally does bring up the reason that it's a stomach bug that's been floating around in the Arsenal camp. And I mean, I just want to also, I mean, I might bring up still something uh, post-match uh, with regard with regards to that. Um, then 20th minute, Martinelli ends up slipping the, you know, into the walls off. I don't know, I think it was from an attack from us, we ends up trying to, I don't know, bamboozle somebody with the ball, and I think he ends up Slipping, falling on his backside, and I mean, immediately Wolves go on the like you know a full, uh, full-blooded counter attack. And I mean, I was worried because I think it was about two or three of the you know the fast runners of Wolves because I think Traore was also in support. Yeah, but I mean, so it's not somebody you need to keep space. Yeah, I mean, I mean, by the time Guedes getting get, um, gets close to the box, he, I don't know if he kind of pan kind of panics, but he just fires wild and you know he slashes his shot over the bar. The twenty-third minute. Ben White crossed from the right-hand side. The ball was aimed actually at Martinelli, but Sumido manages to clear the ball. But, I mean, he ends up with his clearance headed. Straight to Zinchenko, who then picks out Jesus, who ends wide. And, I mean, the, the, the drought for Jesus continues as much as the, the team are trying to, you know, get him involved and get him the chances that he needs. Because it's not like he just released at shackles. I mean, he hadn't scored since the 1st of October, and it's just continuing and continuing. Like he, just, he just needs that kind of goal. I don't know if a goal at the World Cup can break the shackles yeah. or... I don't know, but, you know, for me, I mean, in, in, in I think I mentioned it some time back, but it reminds me almost like if you watch those, like, say, a T20 or a one-day international, 
when a guy drops the ball and they maybe think, okay, we're going to give him some confidence, we give him another fielding position and the ball ends up getting played against him and he drops it again. So it's like, <laughs> I mean, the way you're shifting Jesus at the moment, it's like, you know, it's just not cutting him. And I, look, okay, he's still contributing a hell of a lot in, in our gameplay, and then, but I'm just wondering if he's, if it's almost like he's trying too hard to, to uh, you know, you know ch- finish the chances or choking up by the time he does see the, you know, the white of the goal. That's what I'm thinking. I think he's definitely choking up his chances. And I mean, you know, even even me as somebody that's, you know, played in that forward position, yeah. you, you after you, like, you know, the third or fourth game, you're not scoring, you kind of start getting frustrated and kind of just looking for that, that goal, you know, you try that yeah. extra bit harder way. You would have normally been cool and calm under that pressure and just stroked it in, you know, especially when you have the momentum of scoring. Yeah. So, 36 minutes, Wolves now throwing players forward. Arsenal, uh, Spring also a fast counter. The Sam Saka puts Jesus through, who fires the Wolves goal. <laughs> I mean, uh, um, Jose Saar, I don't know if he manages to get a fingertip or whatever, but the ball ends up cannoning off the crossbar. Ah. <sighs> You know, you're just, you're just thinking this out there, when, when, when will this moment happen? And also, you know, my one eye was, you know, when are we getting that goal? Because, I mean, we beat City just lost previously. So, yeah. you know, there's more at stake. But, I mean, okay, I can tell you now my personal take. I mean, I knew, as you said, uh, you know, that, that Molyneux is not a, a good hunting ground for Arsenal. And I just thought to myself, this is probably going to be a game where we're going to have to be patient and almost like kind of grinding down, almost like the city way of doing things because things were kind of, you know, tough at, at, at the start because, I mean, look, they were not only plugging the, the, the box full of players, but they were almost like having this bank of, I think, some like five players in front of the box. So, because I mean, they barely had people in attack. It was just Geddes that was almost like waiting for the, you know, for them to spring a counter. That's all because everybody was trying to, you know, plug up little gaps not allowing us the space and all that frustrating us but I think also what added to everything or, or maybe the tensions that you were feeling I think I mean I also to a degree felt as we're now approaching half time was I just felt we we're going to slow about things because yeah Wolves are like they were like one step ahead of us always and I just thought to myself every time we're taking two three touches extra that is causing us on that sort of frustration because now in that I mean it, it takes a millisecond to you know plug up a certain gap or whatever and, and frustrate, frustrate the, the, the away team. So I just thought myself, I mean, we're going to have to now almost like work strategically to start getting yeah. out of the positions. But back to the game, 40th minute, uh, Ben White again, he ends up picking Jesus, whose timing is all over the place and yeah. ends up, you know, fluffing his chance. Then 44th minute, uh, you know, a totally blindsided moment by, by Saliba. He ends up playing a casual back pass to no one. And, I mean, Geddes ends up intercepting the ball for Wolves. But, thankfully, I mean, Gabriel was on point. He ends up seeing the danger, comes across his cover defence and makes a fantastic block to deny Wolves. As I said, you know, um, the team keeps on bailing each other out. Not like previous yeah. seasons where the one would just look, they would all look shocked at the mistake and the other team would capitalise from it. And it's normally Gabriel who does those type of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then we move out into the second half. Uh, Arsenal, I mean, of course, look a bit, you know, as sharp as they start the second half, uh, first half, sorry. But I mean, they actually do look this time, you know, more on point. Of course, playing a bit faster, but I mean, with that also, 48th minute, Wolves again spring to the attack. 
Traore in the passing the ball wide to Geddes. I mean, he, of course, wants to pick out Traore again with like a 1-2, but I mean, Ramsdale soon himself the danger and manages to save and get Arsenal back in, in into attack again. Then, 54th minute, Jesus plays a little reverse pass to Vieira. And personally, though, I thought uh, Vieira was just going to, you know, do that, that typical old school, just smashing the ball across a six-yard yeah. ball. And you know, like hitting and hoping that somebody deflects the ball in or gets like an own goal or whatever. But I mean, he actually waits till Jose Saz or like half on his haunts and just ends up dinking the ball across as a, as a flat cross over. And I mean, an easy tap in for Odegaard, one or Arsenal. Yeah, no, I, I must give Vieira, you know, I've been, you know, we've been wanting him to play, but we've also been giving him a lot of stick, like he's getting swallowed up in games. But, you know, this was a good game for him to play because he had the starting 11 around him. He, he had players that can give him the space. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like I said, I first thought he always overcooked his touch also when he, you know, narrowed the angle. But it was such a cute thing and, you know, good finish by Odegaard. I mean, yeah, we, we, we've also given him some criticism in some games, but I mean, you know, coming up with a crucial goal there to make it one, no? Yeah, but I mean, I'm also, I want to also add, I mean, look, you make a good point where, where like, with regarding Vieira, because, look, we didn't see much of that, that Brighton game, but yet some in the media were telling us how terrible he was, and I mean, making him almost like a scapegoat to our defeat against Brighton during the week, uh, the week uh, previous week. And I, and I just thought, I mean, look, we know the class of the guy. We've seen how well he, he performs, like, you know, when, he, when he's really, uh, you know, on point. So, I mean, not like we really had doubts in him. It's just like we were sometimes thinking in certain games, if he's coming on so late, the game yeah. surpasses him. And I think that's a, the, the thing that Arteta needs to also iron out, not only just in the play, but also the way he uses him as a player. Because I think he's yes. somebody... When he gets that minutes, I mean, he was actually just getting stronger and stronger with yeah. the play, not hanging around long with the ball, laying off immediately and already, you know, starting to create space. And so, I mean, yes, good start for Arsenal and we won up. Yeah, I know. I think, you know, this is when you kind of felt that, I wouldn't say about comfortable, but you felt comfortable ish where you're like, okay, you know, Arsenal will just get that second goal and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be in a good space. Yeah, because I mean, look, I knew already like the minute we, because I mean, look, my son was also getting frustrated because I mean, like the way we were, you know, knocking on the door. But I mean, now we we managed to get the foot into the door. And yeah. I mean, as I told him, the minute we score, I mean, uh, it's been like a trend now this whole season also. The minute we score against a team that's playing ultra defensive, they have to let us, they have to yes. drop the shackles. And now they have to start playing more expansive because I don't know if you noticed, like, Wolves. As much as they were playing the counter attack game, they were almost like allowing the 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 uh, midfield, the attack, almost like the attacking midfield and the forward to play even higher. So that was not giving. And I think this was, I don't know which commentator said the other day, like some not the other day, but like a few seasons back also, when you can see the central midfielder start having time to think what he's going to do, like when you watch yes. Tom Party or or Sevilla in this game now. When you see them having that like two, three, four, five touches, I mean, even if the tempo is fast of the game, but nobody's pressuring, you already can see that sort of gap forming between defense and midfield. And the both both uh, departments of, of the uh, you know tactical teams are going to start struggling now as Arsenal are going to probably now start overrunning them in midfield, start overrunning them in the defense as well. So, I mean, for me, now it was just getting to a point where you want to get that second safety goal. Yes. And, 
it was important. I mean, Arsenal have, have shown that they can grind out one or the results. Was, or win games by one goal. But, you know, you, you, you wanted the second goal just to kind of enjoy the game a bit more. Because it's almost like, you know, the game gets to a point, you know, when you one up, especially in this such a situation we're in now where, you know, we, we are on top of the league and things like that. You know, you almost like when you one up and, you know, the game's looking a bit tense, you kind of say, like, I want this game to get done. But you add a second girl and you can just enjoy the game a bit more and you can just watch it a bit with more, you know, at least tenseness. Yeah. Then, uh, 75th minute, great work by Martinelli ends up, you know, sending a little cheeky back heel to the on-rushing Zinchenko. And, I mean, Zinchenko gets himself into the box. And, I mean, he manages to play a fantastic little cross. Uh, it gets half volleyed by Martinelli. I think the keeper of the defender manages to save. But, I mean, the rebound goes straight to Odegaard, who takes his time, lines up, and then just lets go with the shot and also go 2 0 ahead. Did that push him up to almost a top scorer in the team after that goal? Or am I mistaken? Yes, you're right. <laughs> So, I mean, that was I mean, a fantastic finish. I mean, you could actually sense also with that, that win totally knocked out of the, not only the players of Wolves, but also the fan base of Wolves. I mean, because, I mean the, the Arsenal way in were just, you know, cranking up the, the, the chanting and that, a fantastic uh, sight to see as well. But I mean, 2 no up and I mean, we, you know, flying on this game. Yeah, no, and you just kind of think it is all five points clear, you know, coming to the World Cup break. And and I know we're taking it game by game, but, you know, two not up against the Molyneux where we struggled previously, you know, happy, happy to have that result. But I just keeping on thinking of what you said, you know, just try to keep yourself close to City yeah. as possible or try to, you know, be on top of the table before the World Cup. You just don't know what happens. Then in the 84th minute, Zinchenko, you know, gets caught in position by telling on the yeah. board. Traore nicks it off him, but I mean, fluffs his chance. And I mean, the minute the camera pans to uh, Ramsdale, you just see him, uh, I think what I read with his mouth was, he said, stop taking the fucking piss. He told yes, him. he said that. He said that. He said, he said that. Um, I think I even saw that video on Instagram where, you know, they kind of captioned it. Yeah, then to, uh, 86 minutes now, substitute for Wolves, Podence. He ends up trying a acrobatic kick, but I mean, he ends up dragging it wide, and I mean, we, the camera pans back again to Ramsdale, who's already starting to take the piss out of the Bulls uh, home end there, you know, sticking his tongue out and smiling at him, and then I think he did also like a, you know, that, that I think he at one point later on in the game, we also had to collect the ball, then he did a knee slide to pick up the ball, but he's <laughs> with the uh, um, home crowd also with his tongue out, so I thought, he's, you know, he's actually from Arsenal, you don't like the shit house, shit house the king, I should say. <laughs> yeah, no, but you need players like that. It's, it's, it's kind of just, you know, the, 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 the mentality is good. Like, they're fearless. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to compare him to, yeah. you know, but I think he just had a bit more personality, yeah. a bit more presence and things like that. Didn't you know? And, I mean, you also feel his old, you know, like a sense of <clears throat> brotherhood in the team also. Because, yes, yes. I mean, if, if there was an interview he did also, I think, I'm not sure if it was early on in the season or if it was still part of last season where when he said, um, I don't know, one, oh, that shot when we played Leicester when, when he made a fantastic save, save. So he said he really had to work himself for that goal because he said, Tommy, I was just big head was in the way. So he saw the ball. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think they called him big head. They called Tommy, I was a big head, I think. <laughs> and then, um, 
I mean, I, I find it actually the Bentos and Mansus, the team, quite funny. Um, then also made like a string of changes at the ninth minute. Uh, Saka, Vieira, Zincheco coming off. On comes Nelson, El Ninian, you know, to see us through to the end of the match. And I mean, by the time full, the full-time whistle goes, we five points clear of City as we now into the mid-season break. Yeah, no, I definitely think, you know, from, from lessons learned, but say lessons learned because, mm-hmm. um, but like a guy like Vieira, you know, I mean, Shaka is not getting any younger. And he, he, he should be played every now and again, you know, if you, in, in a starting 11 side that can give him more space on the ball, give him more confidence and, uh-huh. you know, just give Shaka sometimes a break with his legs because, I mean, Shaka is playing here, there, everywhere. I mean, Shaka, you know, and also play him into the ground and he picks up a needless knock. So, you know, like, a, like at the moment, Arsenal play maybe Wolves at the, at, at, at the Emirates Stadium. You, you you can throw in just a, a, a Vieira just to give him some more confidence or you want to give Odegaard a break. But I think um, Vieira seems to be better on that left-sided role where he can play a bit deeper, but, you know, have that freedom to roam almost like Jaka does. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to add before we now round off this uh, section of the podcast, um, with regards to the illness, I I mean, look, in the post-match press conference, um, Arteta said they were actually... I think three or four other players, some that even played, that actually played through that whole thing, that, that illness, because the, they all picked up, or some of the squad picked up this illness in the pre-match meal of the morning, of that uh, Saturday morning. And then, like, you know, they all started taking ill and, you know, cramping up and that. So, I mean, also props off, because, I mean, as Arteta said, he couldn't make so many drastic changes. So some of the guys had to like, you know, sort of bite the bullet and... Uh, play play through those sort of pain and cramp levels. Um, we switch our attention now to the talking points. Um, what's your thoughts now? You know, going to this mid-season break with a five-point lead. Uh, lead? You, you know, it's it's twofold. The first thing you know, I would have loved to to have continued playing. I think yeah. the way City are at the moment, it, it seemed like they 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 are a good side. They're probably the best side, but. They're having those moments in games. I mean, you saw it against Aston Villa. I mean, Fulham, they were very lucky to to, to pull that win. So it's almost like they just barely making through results and, and Arsenal are flying high. And it's almost you're going through like a six-week break, which is almost like, you know, a mid-season, like a, a full season, you know, off-season. Yeah. And, you know, you, you normally, you know, a team normally comes back either, you know, firing... Yeah. Yes, rejuvenated, or you come back like a Liverpool where things are just not working out for you. So that's my kind of, you know, bit of nerves there. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously after the West Ham game, you can tell. But I mean, after Arteta's conversation where he just says like um, what he, he believes is like, you know, he just wants focusing on playing West Ham. He doesn't worry about, you know, the rest of the season. So, so I mean, my take is just like, you know, flip side of it all is like you actually just want Man City to get a long run in the Champions League, even though yes, 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 of course, envy the fact that you know they could go on and win it. But I mean, you, fine. you normally hope that you know they're going to stumble quarters or semis, but you just want them to almost like prolong that run because you just know for a fact. I mean, you can see the sort of amount of games if you don't have enough players to do like squad rotation and I think as small and, and, and look everybody kind of keep or holds it against so yes we've got a, score, a small squad but I think we still have that sort of mature depth also in the squad that, that can 
I'm not saying just pull you over the line, but can keep things somewhat stable. And I think with, with Man City, the minute you get past that 14 or 15 of the best players, you into their youth team. You know that that, that you know the Palmers, the I forgot that other guy that, that also scored for them the other day. But I mean, then you into some of the youngsters and that the lap, I think, is also playing for them. So I'm just thinking to myself, you know, just not don't overplay us too much. Our players, like as you said, with Jaka, sort of balance the thing with him a bit more. You know, way better balance it better because Vieira is not trying to grow into his own sort of character at Arsenal. Yeah, it can, you know, he, and also he's got that little turn of pace that is, you know, a bit faster than Jaka. But I mean, I'm just thinking to myself that is going to be the one benefit of of that that squad that we have right now and. You no, know, with uh, moving also, like for me, the benefits also of, of this whole mid-season break in a way is, you know, no hearing if we are or not titled contenders because I think that's almost like the, the for me, it's actually getting a, a boring topic already because, yes, the person doesn't really want to bring it up, but it's like it's thrown in your face every week, every game like that. And for me, it's not like the, the, the World Cup is now a, a comfortable distraction of all that. We, you don't have to hear it really because... Everybody's attention is either going to be on the whole Cristiano Ronaldo drama or the, yeah. <laughs> uh, the tournament is like going to be panning out in, in Qatar. And mm-hmm. with regards to you know to my next point now, with the transfer market, do we uh, do we or don't we now you know dip in? I mean, of course, as I told you, I, I'm just trying to bring it up more as a topic of discussion. But do we or don't we dip in the market for players? I just want to go back onto your previous point before I go into this. Um, you know, whether City fans, Pep, or City players will, will, will make mention to it, um, if, if it comes down to winning the Premier League or the Champions League, you, you, you do know. I, I, I personally think that they will kind of say, look, we've won the Premier League so many times now. And, and, and they will never say it. I mean, if that Champions League is within reach, and, you know, Arsenal maybe a few points ahead or, you know, on the tails, and then, you know, the Champions League is in reach. They might say, like, guys, do we want to win the um, City fans? I mean, if you had to ask them now, do you want the Champions League or Premier League? And they'll say, ah, you know, you guys can have the Premier League. We want the Champions League now. So yeah. so that is just just, just, just my um, thoughts on that. And sorry, what, what was your, your, your new point that you, you spoke about now? No, I went back. With regards to the transfer market. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. Um, January, we uh, I think so. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk of that Mudrik or Mudrik or whatever he yeah. said, but you know he, he would probably be a good player to bring in. You know to to kind of also you know if Jesus can make you know something like that, you have you know he probably might be a better option than Ketia because you can throw maybe Martinelli up top or play a false nine. But I think more importantly that Thomas Partey position needs to be deputized. I mean. You know, Alneni mm-hmm. can do the job, but you know, you want somebody with that same engine. I'm not slating Alneni, but if you're gonna, you know, want to move Alneni on or something, or you know, do you do you trust Alneni to play five, six, seven, eight games in a row um, as a as a defensive midfielder, or do you feel that the party is needed? And I do think you know that Mudrik guy could be an asset to the side because. What happens if Martinelli picks up a knock for four to five games, or Jesus, or Saka? You know, do we have somebody that can can deputize for them and, and, and give them the same impact? I know Reese Nelson is there. Do you think Reese Nelson can carry that mantle for five, six, seven games? 
I think the, I, I think it's also not based on on the, with the midseason break. I think you know the players we, we still have, you know, staying behind. It's almost like an opportunity for them to you know uh, we're still going to get to the Dubai Super Cup, but you know probably using those games to maybe still try to persuade Arteta, you know, different. But I think Reese Nelson is getting to a stage now where. I can fully understand his frustration because, like, he's not getting really the minutes that he needed, especially at, yeah. at his age now. I think he's like what 23, 24 now. So I think he actually either wants to now, you know, see what his chances are, like, like maybe a face to face with Arteta and find out, you know, what's the story. But I mean, say somebody like Woodrick would be, you know, also like a sort of if you think of that, that was it the 03 or 04 season when Reyes came in. Yeah. In order. Yeah. It, like it, it gave it, it, almost like it really boosted the squad. I mean, the, the squad looked way lively. It, it wasn't like just depending on Henri to carry us over. And it, it was people like him and, you know, Burkamp and they're doing the thing. So, and I think we need that sort of moment where maybe a, a sign does that. I mean, of course, the, 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 the way the financial things have changed in football, you're probably going to need somebody in that over 50 million or close to 50 million mark to maybe get you in that sort of situation. And the, the other guy that's also been linked to us is, is um, from Palmeiras, Danilo. He's also, uh, I think, a 21-year-old or 20-year-old holding midfielder. And many describe him as somebody, of, or, you know, that, that plays the sort of way that Fernando used to play for, or Fernandinho, sorry, for uh, Man City. We, you know, has a bit of tempo, but I mean, look, he's still now got, uh, you know, ages as a friend. So he can, you know, you will probably have the legs in him. So, I don't know, Edu is also working quite hard at that, probably, you know, getting something like that over the line. So, I think people like, even like two, but I mean, top quality guys coming in would be fantastic for the squad. And it also leads me now to the potential exits for Arsenal, because um, yesterday or two days ago, there was no talk of Fulham uh, interested, Fulham and Villarreal interested in um, Cedric. And El Nini is also, you know, there's quite a few people that are interested in taking El Nini on board for for January. So, I mean, would you let them go or would you not first wait till you get some sort of replace or, you know, decent understudies to come in? Let's not make the same mistake we did last season. I think we let, you know, Callum Chambers go when, yeah. you know, he could have done a job for us when there were some injuries. So let's first get replacements in. Otherwise, we have to use what we've got. But if we don't use what we have, then, you know, we're going to sit in the same position, party pulls up with something. Yeah. Um, Tommy Yasuo and Ben White maybe pick up a knock and then you're looking around like, you know, what, what do we have? So they kind of need to probably bring an up-and-coming youngster, maybe for Cedric, you know, where yeah. they know they're not going to play every week, but they will grab the opportunity and do the job when they do. And then, you know, you've you got to look at uh, somebody to replace on any definitely because Lekonga's, I don't know, I don't think he's ready to, to I mean, Alneni looks more short, um, at, in that position, so if you're going to let Alneni go, you need to bring in somebody that's going to be able to willingly deputize for party and give you more than Alneni is giving you. Yeah. Now, that also leads me now to the next question. Um, look, there is not talk, so you know, quite rife with, like, you know, if we do not bring in a winger, no matter who it is now, but I mean, if you do bring in a winger, it's going to also shorten the sort of appearances that Marquinhos is getting, and there is now the sort of rumor that he could now get a loan in one, you know, maybe one of the English teams or championship where they have to kind of toughen him up. Or I think even in a, a more competitive league in, in La Liga or something like that. But 
there is talk of Makinosin going out on loan in January. And the thing is, like, with the Lokonga issue, like, you maybe try loaning him out to let him get some sort of regular gameplay and maybe confidence? Or how would you try? I would try that. I would try that. I would give him a chance to you know, play week in, week out. I mean, he saw that all or nothing documentary. He kind of, you know, was pissed off about it. So give him his minutes week in, week out, and then maybe he comes back stronger. I mean, we saw what happened to Saliva when he, he went yeah. out on loan. Obviously, it was due to personal reasons as well. But, you know, let him come back and and then, you know, play play and see what he can do because I think his time is starting out as well. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he hasn't impressed really when he's played. I mean, I think of that mistake he made against um, United when he passed the ball. I think it was to Eriksen, misplaced pass, and that sprung the counter-attack. And you got this, uh, I mean, if you think about it, you know, Thomas Party plays against Man United, maybe we don't lose that game. So, yeah. you know, Lekonga needs to... It's almost like he's a weak link when he plays in the team. No disrespect to the player, but maybe he just needs that confidence and belief of yeah. a coach, and then, you know, things can change. So, move our attention now to the Dubai Super Cup. I mean, of course, we don't know by now the participants, Arsenal, Olympic Lyon, AC Milan and Liverpool. Um, we play Lyon the 8th of December, and then 13th of December, we play AC Milan. Like, the English teams are, uh, you know, kept from playing each other. Um I mean, one thing I actually find interesting when I saw the rules, I mean, you have like the traditional three points for a win and stuff like that. But I mean, whether win, lose or draw, uh, every match is actually going to end in a, like, my, my sons and then they play in, in a thing like that. Also, where the game will go to a penalty shootout. And then if you win that, you get like a bonus point. I mean, of course, with the kids, it's just almost like to let everybody have some sort of, you know, feel in the game. So... Yeah. I find it interesting it's going to be actually a new type of format I've ever seen. I mean, I've never seen something like that before. As I said, seeing kiddies football uh, finish off like that. Wait, so, so you're saying even in the game, whatever the score is, it goes straight to penalty. Like even if it's like three yeah. one or a glass yeah. or go to penalty, so you can the winner let's shoot that and gets a bonus point. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just as we're now going to round off the podcast now, um, look, you and I are going to take a two week break. Yeah. Uh, like as I told you uh, pre-podcast now today, uh, we will now probably come back with, like either the 9th or the 10th of December with a, of course a World Cup update but also uh, reviewing what has happened in the fixture of the 8th of December against Lyon yeah. so I mean I hope you guys have a fantastic few weeks, I mean we're going to be back we're going to miss you guys anyway Hope you guys take care. Enjoy the weekend and the World Cup starting uh, tomorrow. Bye. Enjoy the weekend and the World Cup, guys. And enjoy being top of the table. Cheers, guys.